Welcome back in. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Wow, that Kanye seems so long ago. I mean, I suppose it is. It's almost 20 years. It is exactly 20 years. Next year's 20 years. I mean, time really moves, but geez, like the evolution of him as a man and an artist is crazy. Like, totally crazy. And of course, you know, because Andy's always on point. That is fitting because we are going to be talking about Yay, Yeezy, and um, Miss Westie, yo bestie. You guys will be tapped into that shortly, where that comes from. Hour three of RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You know, this is the after hour. Usually we get a little... A little more, a little more, but it's not really a more type night. It's actually, you know, things are pretty, pretty low key tonight. Pretty even keeled. Not too much as far as, you know, craziness, controversy, but it's only Tuesday. There's still time. Um, Listen, I do have an update for you. We have seen what we believe quite a lot of people utilizing Ozempic, right? We think, maybe, maybe, you know? Um, And as more and more people are taking it, we know it caused a bit of a problem as far as diabetics and it being available, that and Wegavi. And um, what's the other one? Moderno. So... They have been talking about the effects of these drugs on people. Oh, Andy, what you got to say? You look like you got something funny to say. Oh, Zampic. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I just wanted to sing the song. I, I like it. It's dope. Hilarious. Well, listen, we aren't the only ones paying attention to what's happening with this. Food companies are paying attention to the rise in popularity of these drugs. And as... More and more pharmaceutical companies are getting or trying to figure out, you know, dupes off versions of these drugs to put into because, well, you know, to put into the general population with more of an easier way to access them and not depriving diabetics who actually need the medication from being able to receive it. Um, Food sales are looking at what they're going to do. Walmart um, has allegedly called out, you know, some of, not when I say call out, let me rephrase that, has taken note of what is happening with the different pharmaceutical companies and the push for this. And they have a plan to combat the decline that is expected to come if a number of people start engaging in these weight loss drugs and they become common. Because on one side, it's positive, right, for obesity and different um, chronic effects that come with obesity. We know that we don't know all the side effects of the drug yet. We're hearing some things, stomach paralysis being among them in very rare instances. But it's coming, right? And Undoubtedly, what is going to come with that is we know that Americans overeat. We over we extend 
in the areas of, you know, overconsumption as far as food sizes, the size of our containers, our servings and things of that nature. We're far. We are doing the most because we like things big over here in the U.S. of A. And they are expecting some changes to come along with that. And in addition to looking at how they can combat that eventual loss in product sales, right? They are trying to create companion products that will complement the low-calorie diets. And I'll tell you more about those in a second. Andy? Gluttony. That's gluttony. what it is. Gluttony. Just gluttony from America. That's what we are. I mean, we do like our things and our stuff. You know, I think about when I was a little kid, the size of a small drink and a small french fry at McDonald's. I don't know how many ounces it was, and I know they would put a bunch of ice in it, so it only felt like a swallow. But I definitely know that the small cups now are the large cups from then. And I promise you that is the truth because I remember what they look like. And literally the small size serving is now um, doesn't exist anymore. It might even be like kids three and undersized. But the large size from back in the day is the small currently. Yeah. I guarantee you that. Yeah. And, and the wing from Church's Chicken looks like a breast. And you want to sell me two pieces for 99 cents. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I Listen, no disrespect, no shade, no tea. But uh, got to question stuff like that. Mm -mm. Not rolling. Absolutely not rolling with that. When we come forward, I will give you a list of some of the products that are being developed as companion pieces for Ozempic by these food brands because they know you are going to make changes in how you shop and what you purchase and they want to be prepared for it because guess what they still want to get that profit all of that and more you are locked into rsvp with jill monroe here on kbla talk 1580 hey keeping you informed entertained and always ahead of the curve ahead of the curve this is RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So before I tell you the foods that are being created to complement and to go along with your new low-calorie lifestyle as you are dropping into that Ozempic mind state, um... I forgot to give a happy birthday shout out to Regina Hall. Shout out to her. Today is her 53rd birthday. We love Regina. She's so freaking funny. So um, I hope she is having a good day. And I hope she's doing something fun and that she likes. So shout out to Regina. All right. So you ready for your list of products that you are going to be looking to purchase once you get your hands on that Ozempic prescription? So they're going to make some protein products because naturally you're going to need to keep your protein up so that you don't look like crazy as that muscle mass drops from you not eating. So Nestle and General Mills, General Mills are planning to create, um, you know, a bunch of products that are packed with protein. They haven't announced exactly what they are, but they will be snack products. Um, the makers of Oreos, they're planning to extend, expand, excuse me, their line of snacks that are under 200 calories per pack, right? And basically, the estimates are that as many as 24 million people 
or approximately 7% of all Americans could be taking weight loss drugs by 2035, right? And that means that potentially they'll be shedding their calorie count by about 30%, right? So what that means is that fast food places, sugary snacks, all of those type of things could be seeing, you know, a reduction as far as their sales. So they want to make sure that they are on point and they have something to replace it with so you can spend your money. There is a product, um, a startup company actually, and they're called Super Gut. And they're looking to replace expensive weight loss drugs with probiotic fiber-filled shakes and bars that they are referring to as nature's Ozempic, right? Right now, sales are up 50% on the brand. So as we switch, as we move, things will switch up. I will say, you know, some of these things might be healthier. You really have to look at the ingredient content when you are buying foods that are labeled low calorie or for diets or things of that nature, because oftentimes, though they're lower in calories, they are filled with other things, additives, certain other types of products that can cause other issues. So, you know, it's always a balancing act and moderation. I think that that is the key. We've talked about that before, but finding some type of balance is fine. No, I'm not a nutritionist, nor do I play one on TV, nor am I really an expert. But I just know from experience, just in life, you feel better when you eat a little different. And I say this as someone that loves French fries, chicken strips. You know, I love the things, but you got to eat healthier. You got to incorporate vegetables and fiber in your diet. And there is, in theory, natural ozempic things, but you got to do a little other things along with it. So we'll see what happens, but pay attention because some of your favorite snack foods might fall off as we get into this change. Alrighty, so we know that Yeezy, Kanye, yay, Mr. West debuted some new tracks. He has a collaborative album that is dropping with Ty Dolla Sign. Thought that was an interesting choice. Like, I know we saw that video floating around online about Ty somewhere with him, and Ty was just looking like, what the heck is happening? But that is not someone I would imagine Kanye collaborating with. And I'm not saying that is shade or anything like that. I just think it's an interesting hookup. We like Ty Dolla Sign. His, what was it, Beach House series of mixtapes that everybody was kind of on a few years back were carrying it through. But um, so he premiered some joint, um, did I say some joints? Yeah, some joints from the album. It's called Vultures. I'm not sure when it's dropping, but he was in Miami during Art Basel. So it's dropping this week. Oh, it's already out? Okay. The, yeah, the single um, is out. I'm not sure when the whole album is dropping, but, you know, Yay is doing Yay, which we know. Um, we know that he has a song called Everybody, which features Charlie Wilson and Lil Baby. Another song called Slide. He has Beg Forgiveness that has Chris Brown on it. Paid, which also features Charlie Wilson. Song called River, which has Young Thug. Another little baby cut 
called Forever Rolling, Back to Me featuring Freddie Gibbs and a version of New Body featuring Nicki Minaj and Drunk, which features Kodak Black and Bad Boy. So it's, you know, pretty packed to the brim with features, interesting ones, stuff we want to see. He debuted last night with Northwest and we got a peep of North and her lyrics and her bars. What I think is cool about this is that you can tell that I believe North put this together herself. It's not mad elaborate, but you could tell that she does have a passion for the art form. And really, I think her personality shows that she is naturally just drawn to this. And, you know, some people it's not on them, it's in them. And I think that she is one of them. But after we hear Northwest Bars, I want to talk a little bit about what is happening as far as celebrities and athletes and their offspring. I think now, and we may have talked about this a bit before on the show. We talk about a lot of things because we're besties. Um, Now more than ever before, there is a lot of sort of nepotism as far as black artists in a way that we've never seen before where the artists are blatantly you know and the athletes putting their kids out in front you know and giving them that little boost that not everyone has access to and I'm here for it but I wonder what type of pressure and I'm sure the parents have thought about this it puts on their kids when they have this famous parent and they're interested in some form of arts or athletics like their parent but they're still you know just human um it's just interesting to watch the takeover. We talked about how the NBA, the league, is becoming sort of a nepotism league. A lot of the stars that are coming up, not all of them, but a lot of them are children of former athletes. We talked about last week the top NIL thing of the top, I think, five to seven. I think three or four are children of athletes. We look at Blue Ivy. She's already a Grammy winner. At the age of, how old is Blue Ivy? 11, 12, something like that. Um, We've seen several. We've seen Diddy try and do it with Christian. King Combs didn't kind of work. We have seen, um, you know, more children of the famous come out with podcasts and you know acting in some of these little projects and stuff like that with their full parent support so um you know it's just an interesting turn as far as that aspect of entertainment Andy I don't see it as an issue at all I don't have an issue with it I just wonder um because I mean I think that and maybe this is not right to say we you know we haven't gotten to experience the same amount of nepotism as some of the others so you know share enhance do the thing put it out there but i just wonder if all of them are ready for it i mean i think nepotism works on all levels i think you know when you when you uh apply for a job or whatnot they always ask you if you have any family members or Facts. whatnot so i mean it, it's part of the game and just considering uh the generation was I want to say maybe your generation or the generation beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up as kids, you know, not everybody, right? But there was, it seems like they didn't have, you know, parents or, you know, grew up in a single home or whatnot. So now that they're adults and they have kids, they want to give their kids everything. So 
I'm not surprised by the the level of nepotism that you see, um, you know, in the entertainment industry. But I think uh, you see nepotism on on all levels. So Kendi says it sounds like people have only recently discovered the word nepotism because this was never an issue before. No, we've always known what nepotism is mean. And no one's saying that it is an issue. It's an observation. You have seen a point in time when this many children attached to talent as far as the sports leagues and the entertainment landscape have been in the forefront and have been in projects paired with their parent for black um, black people? I don't think so. I mean, of course, we've seen people like Ryan O'Neal, who just passed away the other day, and his daughter Tatum. We've seen things happen with... Um, who Drew Barrymore, obviously her parents are legacy, Angelina Jolie. So it's not that we're saying that nepotism didn't exist or wasn't around. I am saying for us as a black community, it is something that we haven't seen as much and is starting to be more out in the forefront. Not as a bad thing, because as I said, I'm here for it. I like to see us get ahead and be able to take advantage of it. A little bit, but it's just simply an observation because we also talk about how we want to see more diversity as far as the areas and ways that we can showcase as a culture. There's more for us to do than have a wicked jump shot, sell drugs or sing and act, you know, go Hollywood. And a lot of people have complained about the emphasis that the black community puts on entertainment per se and those that are in those positions as far as looking to them to be leaders in the community so it's just you know something interesting to observe where is the emphasis coming from though emphasis on uh the whole entertainment within our community because quite frankly i just i don't i don't believe that there's an emphasis in that you know what i mean like where is that coming from is it coming from the media or whatnot or you know I, so, I mean, I think that the emphasis comes from, so here's things that are facts, right? As a community, black people consume more media. We we spend more time with it. We purchase it more, things of that nature. We watch more hours of TV. Um, Do we purchase it more? It, when it, it comes to hip hop. It ain't us walking up to them stores. You're right. But we, in general, we spend a lot more of our discretionary income Fair on, you know, these type of things. Right. And then I think people assume if you look at things like social media. Right. And you look at what is the and I'm not saying they don't have them, but I'm asking what, in your opinion, or do you even know, is like the white equivalent to the shade room? You know what I'm saying? Entertainment tonight. <laughs> Definitely not. But I mean, you you get the point like that. We um, because traditionally it has been one of the more in some ways, even though the black family has built up through college and yada, yada, yada. We know that not dismissing that at all. That is the family. Traditionally, what we hold out, what we see has been through the lens of a lot of entertainment. And that's where we've seen a lot of um 
our successes in some ways take place. You even think about the presidency of the Obamas. A lot of that was steeped in their connections to Hollywood and those coming to speak out, you know, on their behalf, right? So I think that that is when we hear things like that, I think it is because we seem to at times sit up and pay a little bit more attention if there is an entertainer involved in the mix. Yeah, because, you know, being a teacher, being a doctor is not entertaining at all. Yep. It's not fun. We want the glitz. We want the glamour. Well, it's not even safe at this point. I mean, if you've seen some of these kids, but, you know. Um, Forensic accountant says it's an issue in the corporate world as it should be. That's why corporations have strict rules in place for onboarding employees and relatives. I mean, it is like we understand the challenges and why it is not. But what I can say is anytime I've worked in corporate structures, they are going to give a lot of times the edge to someone who knows someone within the company. Because let's be real, a lot of times what these things jobs come down to is not whether or not people can do the skill set. It is a people fit, a culture fit. And if they don't believe you can fit into the culture or someone that they can point to like, hey, you better pull them in and explain the culture to them, they might bypass because One thing that I've found, people like to work with their friends. Of course, that seems natural, but to the degree sometimes that can cause them to bypass someone that may be qualified because they don't think that they would match up inside of whatever environment they have built up as far as culture. Andy? Oh, no. Okay. Um, Jamal Hakeem in the cat says nepotism has been out there for quite some time. Media has exposed it. Of course it has. Kendi says, I think people have a problem seeing black people dominating in industry and come up with a reason to remove that kind of dominance. And Jamal Hakeem says corporations are built on nepotism. A lot of things are, but it doesn't mean that we always see the benefits of it. You know, I, There are ways, like I just outlined, that it could be used against us just as far as, is it a culture fit? I'm telling you, if you've never heard that conversation, you have never really truly been rocking in a corporate setting to hear those type of hiring things because it's brought up a lot. Listen, on the other side, we are going to hear Northwest Bars. We're going to get into a couple of more um, children that are bubbling under as far as their celebrity parents. Um, Again, I'm not mad at it. I just like to bring it to our attention. So also, so we can support the ones that are worthy of being supported. Because at the same time, too, I do believe that it's nothing wrong with getting a boost up into the door. But you better have that talent to back it up. Because I am not for that sliding by just because you got to connect. That's not fair at all. (laughs) All this and more, you are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Listen, I got a question. Since, is that Parliament Parma, Parliament or Funkadelic? It's Parliament. As a kid, heck, even as an adult, I never knew the difference between Funkadelic and Parliament. I Like, I still don't. I read about it at one point in time because I was really curious and I went and sought it out. And there's a reasoning behind it. It has something to do with legalities and money and things of that nature. But um, listen, um, 
do you consider Parliament, Funkadelic, George Clinton, the foundations of West Coast hip hop? Because I just think about how many songs he gave up to Drain, Snoop, etc. early in the time. He said he was, you know, drugged out of his mind. So he didn't ask him for any money. I don't know how much money they went back and gave to him after the fact. But, um, you know, we had a lot of West Coast rap. But if you think about it, when we think of West Coast rap, we think of laid back beats, bass line, you know, crawling snares things of that nature and um you know i was just wondering is that really the foundation of our west coast hip-hop i believe so do you think we give him enough homage? i mean and i believe george clinton gets his flowers and he gets his flowers from the hip-hop community but do you think it's discussed as much as it should be um those who know know um, I don't know too much about this generation, mm-hmm. but those who know, know. Other than the fact that we know that Dr. Dre sampled a lot of them. I mean, I don't know how we would hold them in high regards. I mean, you know, in the 70s, they were doing a thing, obviously. Um, I don't know what type of conversation uh, Parliament Funkadelic would come up. You know what I'm saying? With regards to hip-hop, other than the fact that Dr. Dre utilize them you know what i'm saying for their production i think i mean i think like george clinton and wiz khalifa have a pretty close relationship i saw them perform together at this album not album film release party back in march i think it was so um you know it's just interesting sometimes when you stop and you're like hey um shout out to forensic accountant he said yep that's how they came up with uncle jam's army forensic accountant were you from la did you grow up in la Because not many people really know about Uncle Jam's army at the sports arena back in the day in L.A., which was the basis for a lot of stuff. Like, I feel like when we talk about, and I mentioned this earlier in the summer when we were talking about 50th anniversary for hip-hop, and maybe I think I want to pick a night. Maybe I'll see what kind of guests I can get in. Because I I think that people think West Coast hip-hop started with N.W.A., Like, I've often heard things like, well, N.W.A., they're where everything went wrong with hip-hop. They changed everything. They made it cool to disrespect women and things of that nature and call women out of their names. And I think that that is the easy thing to say for someone that wasn't really aware of hip-hop at that time period, wasn't really listening, just listening kind of superficially. But... um. You know, there was hip-hop before that, and I know we've heard a little bit. I guess what I'm saying is, although, of course, it's huge what N.W.A. did as far as West Coast hip-hop and where they put us on the map, there's other stuff around it, and I feel it all gets overshadowed and just lumped in with N.W.A. and Compton and, you know, sort of different. Okay, um... Shout out to Jamal Hakeem in the chat. He said, yeah, exactly. An outgrowth talking about Parliament Funkadelic, real funk. Forensic accountant said, oh, you spent a lot of time in L.A., so you were here early. Jamal, you were straight out of Brooklyn. So do you have an appreciation for the West Coast sound? Because it definitely was and is one. Do you think that there is currently a West Coast sound for hip-hop, Andy? Do you think that, like, you know, yeah. you think YG can't, like. I do. 
What, um, what do you think like crystallizes or what is a song that you think sounds like, yeah, this is what West Coast hip hop sounds like? <laughs> I mean, genre. anything produced by DJ Mustard Facts. at this point. Facts. Um, Mustard on the beat, oh. That's really it. Um, I don't know. Jupiter. I don't know if you're familiar with Jupiter. That's uh, Jupiter. That's E-40's son. He's oh, also really? a producer as well, really? too. Okay. You know, uh, Mustard has... His production sounds very Bay-ish. And I know a lot of folks from up north, they had issues with dark... With, I, I uh, could see that. It does. There yeah. are things like... Boom, boom. He uses a lot of the... Um, let me th- so a song that sounds mustardish that has Bay Area influence is Drake the motto. One hundred percent. So I exactly. So that's what I hear. You know. Yeah. And I hear a lot of that in mustard with the what is the beat called underneath? Eight oh eight. The hi hat. Yeah, the, with the hi hat and like the combination. Mm-hmm. I'm not explaining this in the best musical <laughs> terms, but see, you know what I'm talking what about, talking right? About, yeah. Like I, I'm almost there, like. You know, yeah. but yeah, I'm gonna say anything probably produced by mustard. And uh, I know uh, I played a song yesterday. You said something about the yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's just an ad lib or whatnot. But even that sing songy rap kind of situation, it seems like the West is taking over with that. What do you think that? So do you think that we took that from? You know, is that a Midwest thing? Bone Thugs. Um, what is the people that made Hey Crucial Conflict? Hey, in the middle of the barn, a Nelly thing. I think it's a Drake thing. A Drake. Okay. One hundred percent. All right, the Drake effect. Yeah. Which actually, if you think about it, you know what that really is. The LL, or you can no, say no, no. Heavy D. No, no, no. Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Rainy days. Holla, holla. Dun, 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 dun. Like. How his, like, it was melodic even with that, and then it involved into him. Um, what is the song with him and Shanti? Your hips, your eyes, love it when you call me. Yeah, there you go. I want to say yeah, but then I want to say no. No. Because I don't think a lot of people followed that Ja Rule formula. 50 did it a couple times or whatnot. And smashed him with it. And yeah. smashed him with it. But I think Drake took it to Perfected the next it. level. No, absolutely. Only because I don't think he could truly sing, but he could. He has some his, melodies. Yeah, he has some melodies. Ja Rule, on the other hand, you just you you still looked at him like a rapper Facts. who's just harmonizing. Drake, you're like, okay, he does R&B and hip-hop at the same time. Yeah, because he did have some. I mean, think about some of those like slower jams that he had, like <clears throat> Successful, Houston, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Vegas, you know, off of the early thing that, yeah. you know, had a little bit of singing element, you know, a little R&B, like a real R&B jam, like an old school one, not mm-hmm. just whatever and that's a Drake I miss honestly but you, you know. think he'll swing back around to that I don't know yeah <laughs> at this point it's like it's too late you've evolved to a to a certain level now where it's like it just doesn't hit right just like even with Kanye and so I read the article apparently it's supposedly supposed to drop this Friday okay so uh I'm gonna listen to it but I don't have super high expectations so we'll see We'll see. Um, Urban Spencer is shouting out Uncle Jam's Army, Egyptian Lover. I love Egyptian Lover. L.A. Dream Team. The L.A. Dream Team is in the house. Yes. King T. Um, what was her name? She passed away in a car accident. Lisa Love. I, I think that is the name. Anyway, she was a voice inspiration for me. Like girls like that that used to be on the 80s hip hop tracks and they had those breathy voices. I like them. Um, 
listen, when we come forward, we're going to play Northwest's verse because I want y'all to hear it. All of that and more, you're locked into RSVP on Jill, with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, keeping you informed, entertained, and always ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. Hey. This is RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Jamal Hakeem. I am shouting out most deaf for his birthday. I've seen you repeatedly in the chat. So there it is. Shout out to him. Shout out to hip hop, you know. Um, so listen, we got to hear Northwest bars. Let's listen. Hold on. I kind of like the beat. I do like the beat, right? I think it's cute what she did. The little, I think they said it's going to be an interlude, actually. Might be a little longer than that. But um, I thought it was cute for an 11-year-old. She said, don't test me. It's going to get messy. Miss Westy, watch Kris Jenner. You know she's going to go get that trademark if it's not already. Because you know how those Kardashian Jenners do. Um, But... I think it's cute. I wonder, I could see North being out there like a child artist. I don't know. Like, you would think that Kim and Kanye would be all on board for something like that. But for some reason, I kind of feel like they maybe aren't. But I'm interested to see what develops with her. <laughs> Urban Spencer's like, no, ma'am, you're not feeling it. It's not for us. Like, listen, she is an 11-year-old kid, right? I don't expect her to, you know, as my mind rotates and Vanessa's around this. I don't expect her to really have bars, seriously. But I felt like there was a little charisma there. Sometimes you can see it, right? Even if it is not fully formed. So Jamal Hakeem, I mean, is asking, don't test me inferring what? I think she's talking about her dad. You know, Northwest is not a shy little girl. She certainly doesn't hold her tongue. We've seen that she is not one really appreciative of the paparazzi all the time. So, you know, we got to see her rock. Urban Spinster asked, how was Little Vicious? Um, was he like nine or something like that? I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's not like we haven't seen child rappers before. I think Raven Simone was like eight when she dropped, right? Um, Freaks. That's what Little Vicious' first song was when it came out. He was actually 14, so not quite as young as Northwest, but, you know, I'm not mad at it. Forensic accountant says she's no Miss Nana yet. Who's Miss Nana? I'm not even sure who that is. Um, look, it's cute. 
and kids, you know, people complain about like kids popping off to sexy red or ice spice and things like that because, you know, they have sing song type of rap styles, but it's not like they're artists their age for them to appreciate to to um, appreciate when you're a tween, right, between that 11 to early 13 stage, maybe even as young as 10 at this point, you may not still be into Baby Shark, do, 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 but you're probably not ready for the Ice Spice and, you know, Nicki Minaj cuts and so forth. So I think that you know, there's a lane for it. There's stuff that's out there and it's okay. Um, Brother Alfonso says, non-event sounds like any little kid. I mean, you know, again, maybe, maybe I didn't say that she was an impresario. I said that it was cute and it was nice. Like y'all mad. Like I said, she was like, she was going to be, you know, kicking bars. Like it was just going to be incredible. No, I said, it's cute. It's age appropriate. And I think that she's been showing flashes of her personality her art side. I don't know if you remember her drawings and her paintings. Clearly, she is artistically inclined in all areas of the performing arts. So I guess my point is I am not mad at her releasing music because I think that there is a lane for it. And we speak a lot about the inappropriateness of lyrics and some of the content as far as music. And there's a place for children in music. I know it can be scary. I know that we've talked about a lot of things. And it is maybe not the most ideal thing for some, but I think that, you know, she showed a lot of promise. And I'm not just saying that because she's their child. I think she showed a lot of promise. Andy? She clearly has her dad's genes. I think so, too. I mean, artistically, you see her as far as designing, trying to style stuff, trying to do her mom's makeup, her mom's hair, you know, singing. And even though, you know, there's conversations about North, whether some feel that she's a little, as the old folks used to say, grown <laughs> for her age. I do like that her parents seem to let her express herself and tap into the things that she enjoys. And to me, you can see that these are things that she legitimately enjoys on her own, not so much that she is being pushed or guided to take that manner. Not that I'm implying that a bunch of others are as well, but you can sort of see this. Um, Jamal Hakeem says, in what direction is she headed? It's cute. Caribbean, what you're stereotyping folks. Mm, I'm not sure what that last part about. Um, Listen, I like, I like it. I, I like that they give her room to express herself. Sometimes it might be a little uncomfortable, but I think that, um, you know, it's a good thing. And with a dad like Kanye, listen, she could be all wild business. We'll have to see. But, um, you know, I'm not mad at it. I didn't say get excited. I just am looking at the more elevated view of celebrities in this era pushing their children not pushing that's a bad word opting to allow their children to step more into the spotlight right so that is that I mean speaking of and on that level Brandy's daughter Sarah has announced that she has a new podcast coming called I shouldn't have said that we also know that she is singing and dropped a single 
We mentioned as far as hoops, Bronny made his debut at USC on Sunday. We know Gilbert Arena's older son, I think it's Elijah, was balling out this week, like dropped major points. He is expected, already being looked at as an NBA prospect. So, you know, it's here. It's happening. And um, shout out to Jermaine O'Neal's daughter, former Indiana Patriots. Did Jermaine O'Neal play with the Lakers for a minute? I can't remember. I know he played with the Heat. No, he never had a little run through with the Lakers. Okay. But um, his daughter was drafted first overall in the Pro Volleyball Federation draft. So shout out to her making things happen. And if we haven't mentioned it, you know, the man that was slanging the folding chair a couple months ago at the Riverfront Brawl. He has avoided jail time and has been assigned 50 hours of community service. And um, I think that, you know, that works. That works, you know. We know it wasn't all the way legal, but we know that um, it wasn't necessarily right what was going on. And he had to defend some things. So 50 hours, I think, is fairly, fairly good. Listen, we know tomorrow... Our Keep It Real friend will be dropping in, Trent the Artist. Um, We're going to get into the latest biopic that has been sold, who it's about, and what we can expect from it. I think you guys are going to like that. It's a good one. Plus, more trending topics and headlines. You know, we always do that. So, I hope that you have had an amazing evening. I hope that you are ready for an even better night. When we come forward, you will hear the best of KBLA. Um, You know, make sure that you are good to each other, good to people, good to me. Share with a friend. Let them know how much you love RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Check back in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Pacific time, right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Have a good night, y'all.